They're at it again. Who's at what? They're messing with the Olympics again. Oh, from it, you sounded like a villain from Scooby Doo. Like I would have got away for it wasn't for those meddling kids. What a good zillennial reference that is for everybody. And you might remember last time out in Japan, we got skateboarding as a new sport and speed climbing. Oh, big fan of speed climbing. Ted and I almost considered uh, launching our rock climbing careers after watching one too many of those. <laughs> I don't think you're the only one, actually. No. There was a lot of broken nails probably after the Olympics. Well, those were quite cool and they were fun to watch, as as you thought as well. But they've released the list of potential new sports for the 2028 Olympics in LA. That's in two Olympics' time. And they are T20 cricket, lacrosse and baseball. T20 cricket would be fun. Yeah. That one would have my vote. Yeah, big time. That would be a great Olympic sport. It would be for us. I mean, that's a potential middle hope for New Zealand, you'd think. But lacrosse and baseball, not so much. I don't know. I I quite like my Olympics to be the weird sports that you don't watch for four years and then suddenly you're obsessed with diving Mm. and know exactly how much splash you need to win a gold medal. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the old, I'm doing the action. What's it called? Canoe slalom. Oh, the wiggle that I got to see there. Thank you very much for that. We want to know from you later in the show, but for now, kia ora. This is Newsable. I'm Jess. And I'm Imogen, and this is what's worth talking about. The scenes coming out of the Middle East are devastating and hard to comprehend. We speak with a Kiwi living in Tel Aviv. Blue light glasses, legit or not? An optometrist who's been looking into it reveals all. We're checking in with our mate Mike Hurd, who's attempting that bungee jumping world record. Plus, Imo's found a yarn that sounds very familiar to one that she made up last week, and it's almost hard to believe that this one is real. We'll see. Honestly, just wait till you hear it, but we've got all that coming up in a moment here on Newsable. Newsable takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz support. Israel's Prime Minister has warned action against Gaza has only just begun after the surprise assault by the militant group Hamas over the weekend. Nearly a thousand people have died in Israel and many hundreds have lost their lives in Gaza in retaliatory attacks. Israel's Defence Minister has ordered a complete siege of the Gaza Strip, cutting off food, fuel, electricity and water supplies. Jordan Grimmer is a Kiwi who lives in Tel Aviv in Israel and is is with us now. Kia ora, Jordan. Thank you very much for your time. Kia ora, Imogen. How are people around you responding? Are people leaving, fleeing? Uh, I certainly do have people who are involved um, at the front line. A number of friends have been called up to reserve duties um, where they um, will be, and some of them are there, um, fighting, and it's very worrying um, thinking about them there. Um, and friends of friends have also been murdered. Um, one friend's n- neighbour um, oh, wow. was at the Nova Music Festival next to the border and she was killed. Um, so my friend is now looking after her pet dog and trying to comfort her flatmates. So Israeli people aren't leaving because it's their home and there's a chance that they might get called up to reserve duty and I don't think they want to evade that because it's important to protect their country. And also many of them don't have any places to go to. Some foreigners, certainly tourists, are leaving. Um, It's been a difficult situation. My brother's actually visiting me at the moment and has been caught up in this and his flight has been cancelled. So there's been a scramble to try and find another flight for him. Fingers crossed that will be able to happen on Wednesday, but we're not sure. 
I know some foreigners have been able to leave, but certainly most people are, are staying put. Um, people here are resilient and they want to contribute um, and kind of hunger in together. And so there's been kind of a, despite the fear, there's been a sense of community spirit around things. Jordan, what are you doing in Israel? Do you have any plans to leave at this time? So I don't have any plans to leave at this time. Certainly um, my husband is still here. He might be called up. Um, it's a possibility and we don't want to run away from that. But otherwise our family, his family is here. Mm. And so we want to stay close to them. Of course, it's a developing situation. So we'll never say never. But I I have work here. Um, it's not clear what's going to be happening with that, but I, I want to continue working as I can, um, partly because I need a distraction um, from the situation, staying here for the time being. And how are, how are you feeling and, and your husband feeling? I mean, we haven't been sleeping particularly well. Kind of had to sleep with one eye open in case uh, rockets come in the night. And there's certainly a feeling of always being on edge here. Um, in case the sirens start, you'll hear a sound and you think, is that a cat or is that the sirens? But we're, we're trying to um, look after each other and, and pull in together. What is it like trying to live your daily life when something so terrifying is going on around you? You said you're about 80 kilometres from the front line. I mean, it's far, but it's, it's also close. Yeah, I mean, I think... It's it's not easy by any means, especially um, with the news media and the social media about what's happening um, rolling in. It's very easy to continue doom scrolling when there's absolutely appalling news about toddlers and elderly people being uh, murdered and massacred so close um, and friends of friends. It's something that's always on your mind. Yeah, I don't really have words for um, how to feel about that. Apart from that, it's just just frankly awful and... Yeah, I hope it will end very, very soon. Jordan Grimmer, thank you so much for taking the time to chat and I hope you stay safe and well. Thanks, Imogen. In Gaza, the hospital's been calling for blood supplies as it struggles to cope with those injured in the airstrikes and the UN says more than 20,000 people have made their way to United Nations sites in the area seeking shelter. As we mentioned at the top of the pod, please help us decide what the next Olympic sport should be. We are very influential here at Newsable, and I'm pretty sure we've got the power that is strong enough for the IOC. So we will decide, I'm sure of it. Your options are cricket, lacrosse, baseball. Which one would you like to see added to the mix the most? Vote on Insta, search Newsable NZ, or if you have other suggestions, slip into the DMs. You can always flick us an email as well if you don't want to do that. Newsable at stuff.co.nz. Blue light glasses promise a whole host of results. They said to reduce eye strain when using computers, improve your sleep and protect your eye health. You can buy them yourself or your optometrist can prescribe them. But do they work? Or could they be doing us harm? Well, Laura Downey is an associate professor in optometry and vision sciences at the University of Melbourne and has been asking those very questions. Kia ora, Laura. Welcome to the pod. Hi, great to be here. Thank you for the invitation to contribute. Where did this idea that blue light was a problem come from? Sort of, it was like overnight, all of a sudden, we all needed blue light glasses. So blue light is part of the visible light spectrum and has what we know as relatively shorter wavelengths and more energy than other wavelengths of light. So things like green or red light in the colour spectrum. 
Around us, sunlight is actually the main natural source of blue light, but artificial light sources in our environment also give out varying amounts of blue light. People have been aware that we live in this technology-driven world and we're often exposed to artificial light from sources such as our computer screens and other digital devices. And this has raised a question about whether there could be potential negative effects of blue light exposure from these sources. And so when we look at the data in terms of eye health, uh, these concerns about blue light are actually largely based on animal studies and experiments undertaken in the laboratory that have shown that very high-intensity blue light exposure can cause damage to cells. There actually are international standards. And so when we look at the amount of blue light that comes from our modern light sources, such as computer screens, the amount actually falls well within these safe levels. And so how did you go about researching if blue light glasses made any difference? So we've done several studies looking at various aspects of blue light filtering lenses as well as their prescribing. Uh, The most recent work we've done is a systematic review, which is a study that brings together and evaluates all relevant clinical research. And we sought to clarify whether wearing blue light filtering lenses has benefits or even potential harms. And so what did you find? Do I need blue light glasses? Okay, so the key findings are were that there's unlikely to be any advantage with using blue light filtering glasses to reduce eye strain with computer use compared to a standard lens that doesn't filter blue light. Another question we're often asked about is sleep. And in our analysis, potential effects on sleep quality were uncertain. And this is because there were different results across different studies. So we really couldn't draw a definitive conclusion either. So how do you feel then about these glasses being sold and advertised and pushed onto so many people? Our systematic review findings don't support uh, the prescription of blue light filtering lenses for the purpose of reducing eye strain. When an eye care practitioner prescribes a lens, it usually considers a range of factors. It might be the cost, the optical properties, the availability. And so it is important to realize that um, a lens might be prescribed by an eye health professional in spite of its blue light filtering properties rather than specifically as a result of them. And so what we also identified is that we still need more research uh, relating to the health of the back of the eye, and we just don't yet have that longer-term data to understand their potential role in that regard. Laura Downey from the University of Melbourne, thank you very much. A lot of food for thought there. Thank you very much for the opportunity to contribute. It's been great to speak with you. I think you're conflating a whole bunch of issues. You don't want to be held to account well, no, on I, what, rising child no, abuse numbers. You can manipulate crime statistics. I, I promised I wouldn't have a tattoo about gotcha journalism. Hang into the National Party's no, attack line no, there. No, I think it would be a resignation offence if I didn't deliver tax reduction. Yeah, yeah we're, I'm not worried about it at all. That's Nothing affair there. That sits with you perfectly fine. That's what, we're, that's what we're focused on. Whatever happens in politics, the weird, the wonderful, the important, the thought-provoking, we got you. Listen to Tova wherever you get your podcasts. We're about to check in with our mate Mike, who's attempting to break the world record for most bungee jumps in 24 hours. You can't miss it. But while we've got you here, remember to chuck us a like and a follow on whatever platform you're listening to us on to make sure you never miss an episode of Newsable.
You will remember our friend Mike Hurd, two-time newsabler and multiple-time world record holder in bungee jumping. The thrill seekers of all thrill seekers. Well, he is attempting to break that world record for most bungee jumps in 24 hours. Now, unsurprisingly, Mike was unavailable for an interview while bungee jumping. <laughs> we'll let that one slide today. So instead, we caught up with his mate, Leo Medina, who's been providing Mike all the support one would need when bungee jumping for 24 hours straight. Leo, hello. Hello, hello. Leo, how's Mike feeling? Right. He is just about to hit 300 jumps. Wow. And I cannot believe. He, he, he looks way better than I do after 300 jumps. So uh, it's so incredible the things he does. This man is not from this world, I have to tell you. How, do, how does this work, Leo? Can you explain it for me? How does he get back up so quickly after jumping again? Uh, we have a pulley system here at the bridge. In fact, we have two of them. So um, it's kind of a claw. So it goes down and it opens up. And so it becomes a claw and then he, he's pulled back up. So we have two of them. So uh, once one is getting ready, the other one is pulling him back up, and then he jumps again. And uh, so, yeah, it's a very um, fast sight to do that. Oh, that's another one. There he is. Holy, that was so fast. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we've been averaging about uh, one jump every minute and 10 seconds or so. Does he have any breaks? Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. He does have breaks every so often. Uh, normally, we've been trying to jump about 50 minutes an hour. Uh, but then, you know, whenever he needs, and sometimes he doesn't need a break, he just wants to go, keep on going. It's, it's on him, really. According to our spreadsheet, we should be seeing that record being broken about midnight, 1 a.m. this morning. And yeah, if that happens, we'll try and go further, and uh, we'll try to achieve a 1,000 if we can. So, um, yeah. Newsable listeners, you've got to have to check our Instagram out. Mike is bungee jumping in the background of this entire interview. Sorry, let's continue. <laughs> it's very distracting. Leah, can you remind us what is the actual record that he's trying to break? So, um, he broke the record a few years ago in 2017. He jumped 430 times. And then last year, someone overseas broke his record, and they jumped... 765 times so uh he's trying to go 766 that's the record oh well we're obviously team mike we have all of the faith leo medina thank you so much for providing us with an update and give mike all our love and support thank you ladies yeah mike mike is actually raising money for the for the mental health foundation if you could uh, raise awareness and then donate some money that'll be amazing for us too exactly thanks leo thank you very much guys Okay, let me take you back. Let me take us back mm. to Friday last week. Mm. The first ever is it cake. Mm. Here are the two headlines I read out. All right, the first headlines for is it cake ever are Austrian cows amaze onlookers with accidental choir performance mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or Greek sheep eat cannabis after fields damaged by flood. Now, one of those was real, the other was cake, fake. It was the one I made up. I remember. I fell for this. You fell for that one. Big time. Yeah, you did big time. The cow of choirs was the cake. I made that one up. But then I pop online, as I do. I scroll some news sites, as I do. Go on. What do I see on The Guardian? New Zealand Orchestra puts on show for chickens. Are you having me on? Did you make this one up as well? I, that, that is real. That is not cake. That is a real headline. I would just like to point out that I'm really upset I was not invited yes. to this event. It was in Hawke's Bay. Uh, the story reads, on a grey Friday morning at a Hawke's Bay farm, 
members of New Zealand Symphony Orchestra dressed in their black finery and stood in the dewy grass to premiere their latest composition in front of a large, well-plumed crowd. <laughs> the audience that had gathered to listen to the concert was a couple thousand chickens. Okay, let's unpack this a little bit more. Why is an orchestra playing to chickens? Why is the New Zealand <laughs> Symphony Orchestra? I mean, these aren't people with just like a spare guitar. Very great questions. Uh, Jess, thank you very much for asking. According to this Guardian piece, the piece of music was called Chuck Symphony Number no. 1. <laughs> Because there are obviously more than one. Yeah, first and foremost, the chickens deserve to hear this delight. But it was created specifically for the birds to enrich the flock's lives and boost well-being. Wow. One of the owners of the farm says there have been studies that show classical music calms chicken down. So they they play classical music frequently. And they wanted the live version, clearly. Yeah, well, why not? (laughs) That's News of All for today. I'm Imogen Wells. I'm Jess McCarthy. For all your chicken news, please tune in with us tomorrow. Thank you so much for joining us. Was this episode of Newsable usable? Then back NZ News by making a financial contribution at stuff.co.nz support. If you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, The Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you. Each week we showcase one of our excellent pieces of journalism, telling important or entertaining stories from the world of crime, sport, history, culture and more. You'll also get to hear from the journalists themselves about how they uncovered the story and how it came to life. So for your weekly dose of long-form journalism, beautifully read, subscribe to The Long Read From Stuff wherever you get your podcasts.